2: wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge here on WTRV, the calm before the storm. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> made
4: all you smooth talkers and brisk walkers
3: may uh may uh shining light guide you through the storm this evening
4: what i don't know this so we're sponsored by npr today
3: pretty much uh, any smooth jazz from
4: the on NPR. oh no this is uh this is a- like late 90s, NPR,
3: late 90s midnight smooth yeah. jazz i call stations. it ad npr which
4: is after dark npr okay which is the news but, but just usually sol- just reruns it's more flavor less news yeah
3: update we do not have a radio station um I think, I think you need to have some standards for that. So, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that point aside, anyways, uh, joining me in studio, I've got uh, Neil on my left, kind of cross from me to set the stage a little this bit. This is triviality, by the way. It is, <laughs> I think, oh, yes. last I checked. Matt chiming in over from L.A. How's it going, Matt?
0: If this is your first episode, I apologize. This is not what the show is, just to let you know. It's not what we do.
3: Usually it's more sexy. <laughs> 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 yep, we're only half as sexy today that's true <laughs> well now that we're all here and introduced, neil why don't you introduce us to our two excellent guests of course well
4: our first guest is going to be playing with matt today he's coming to us from joplin missouri he's a savage superstar on patreon which we appreciate and behind him are some of the coolest looking axes not made of metal but uh straight guitar uh and that's not paul made Dwyer. of metal but they do make metal oh, thank they do you. make metal Thanks for having me. of course paul yeah thank you for being with us uh tell us a little bit about yourself
5: um. Well, I I make uh, wood furniture for a living. Live in Joplin, Missouri. That's dream. about it. I mean, I do I do play guitar.
4: Not great, but oof. well, loud. Right? Year, Not great, no,
5: but too. loud. Yes, loud. Less metal,
6: more punk. Nice.
4: Yeah, you got the huge amp like uh, Marty McFly, and as long as you can play one chord oh, and yeah. bust that thing open, that's all that matters. Totally. Thank you for joining us, Paul. And uh, now to introduce our host, he is a Rules Guy impersonator on Patreon, for which we appreciate. He's coming to us from Detroit, Michigan, and is uh, the returning bone doctor, as we affectionately called him. And he is not a Bond villain, but uh, one of our uh, favorite guests that we've had on. His name is Chase Ansock. Thank you for joining us today, Chase. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. What has been new in your world? Uh, well, since we last talked, I uh, got out of New York City and, and headed back to Detroit, uh, where uh, my wife and I are hanging out. Uh, we got back into our curling club and had a, a great season there. So uh, it's just been nice to be back in the Midwest. Everything moves a little slower. Everyone's a little more friendly. Uh, it's a great place to be.
6: Now, now you specialize in shoulder, shoulder bones. So how would you there rate you the uh, Detroitian shoulders?
2: Uh, They've been good. They're uh, they're a little thicker than the uh, the New York shoulders, but
4: uh... (laughs) it's closer to Chicago, right?
2: Yeah, broader, broader shoulders. Is that
4: where they get the name Red Wings because they're like wings? Yeah, the the human wings. Yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, the Red Wings have not been flying very high recently. It's it's been it's been sad times for Detroit sports. (laughs) Yes,
4: (laughs) Matt, (laughs) uh, you're not a fan of Detroit sports.
2: Uh, No,
0: everyone knows that Detroit. Well, you know blows yeah
4: except for the pistons who matt loves let's move on uh, yes yeah, so we'll move on and make sure that everyone knows that matt also loves the detroit tigers well both of you are here today and we appreciate you spending some time with us uh it seems that ken is going to be sitting out today is that right ken
6: yeah i'm I'm just going to take a nap in the studio
4: all right he'll be taking a nap and uh will not be chiming in at any point if he does everyone gets a dollar jeff from be, me yeah from you Well oh. jeff we're going to be partnering today
3: yeah i think so neil
4: Okay, and Matt, it uh, looks like you're going to be partnering with Paul. Paul, you said that you had a trivia team name that you liked playing with. Maybe you can combine that uh, with Matt to form a new name. All right,
5: I usually as Bartleby from the Melville book, Bartleby the Scrivener, And I occasionally
0: play a barista at work, uh, so I think uh, Bartleby the Barista.
5: Is that what we agreed with? That's
4: right. That sounds good. Bartleby mm-hmm. the Barista, also coming to you uh, as a children's book this summer. Uh, Jeff, what do you think for TV? Um,
3: Neil, tell me what you think about this, but I'm feeling a little call me Moby.
4: I like it.
6: All right. Nothing left to do. Let's toss it to the rules guy.
5: Nobody does
3: it better. He sounded like Ahab.
4: <laughs> like how does Ahab sound? he sounds like a mix I think between like that whale um... Yeah, yeah, like Shaw from Jaws and like a little bit of like an old angry um you know, uh Patrick is... Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. I
3: can't I can't picture that Neil. What does that sound like? <laughs> that skyrven fish <laughs> in
4: the waters and the hills the
6: Whales are mammals. Uh-huh. Uh, let's toss it to Chase. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, Maybe next time we can do our rules guy uh, she shanty. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right, guys. Uh, So if you're ready, uh, let's do question one of round one. Uh, The category is uh, countries where things aren't always peachy. South Ossetia and Abkhazia are partially recognized states that have long been embroiled and in conflicts over their sovereignty. While the Russian military occupies and controls these areas, the United Nations still recognize these territories as part of what country?
4: jeff i don't have any reasoning on this one and this is more your expertise so let's go with your gut okay
3: we will lock it in
0: all right paul um i geography not a strong suit uh do you have any idea on this one
5: i'm, I'm pretty fairly certain it's georgia
0: oh that is wonderful because yeah. because i had nothing there and georgia's not on my mind so we're gonna lock in with georgia
4: I just missed Chase's clue because I, I got my peaches down in Georgia.
6: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I feel like that's where I, I come in too. handy with, with trivia because I'm sure Jeff came at it from a straight uh, yeah. geography standpoint. So your answer
3: is? Yeah, I, I knew it was in the region with uh, Armenia and Azerbaijan, but I was pretty sure it was Georgia.
2: And uh, you guys are both correct. The answer is Georgia. Which and, yeah, Ken- I'm oh, sorry, yeah, Ken chiming in there that, that that most of the categories will have little hints, not all of them, but you, they may help you get to, to where we need to go.
3: Jeff's really thinking about it. I'm like peaches. But I know <laughs> what I was gonna say is uh, a lot of Americans got really freaked out when there was that news article in like 2012 saying that Russia invaded Georgia <laughs> <Yep>. whoops <laughs>
6: of- wrong button <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this one. <laughs> there we go. Take two.
4: I, I kinda like that other one though. Let's hear it. Hold on. Kind of like Ooh. Was that a dog bark on the soundboard or in real life?
2: That's in real life. Oh okay. Yeah, that's that's, oh, uh, that's great timing. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to <laughs> question right. two. When did, when did that's Neil all staying stay on do the podcast. <laughs> all right guys. Uh round one, question two. Uh Space Age technology, stone age writing. What is the name of the villainous, multidimensional alien race in the TV series Sliders? Their name is nearly identical to the term for the first early modern humans to inhabit, inhabit northern Europe.
0: Um, Paul, if you don't mind, we can lock in. I'm a big Sliders guy.
3: Oh, we'll good, you. good. Me too. I once ate twenty-eight in a <laughs> sitting. I was so close to that crave case satisfaction and glory, but I used short.
4: to. I used to have a mantra uh, before I was thirty, which was you know never have. Uh, White Castle after 2 a.m. Because it'll be a bad time. now. Post- or
6: before 2 a.m.
4: <laughs> well, now I was going to say, now post-30, never have White Castle before 2 a.m. Because it'll also be a bad time. So, aging. Um, so, Jeff, I don't know much about sliders. I know Jerry O'Connell was in sliders. That's about it.
3: When people refer to someone as, you know, like Cro-Magnon, or what are the other ones I'm thinking?
4: Cro-Magnon of? I, sounds like it would be a good TV villain if we just changed the word a little bit. I don't know. Cro-Magnon, Neanderthal—it's got to be something like that, but altered a little bit. uh,
3: We're currently on Homo sapien. Before this was Homo habilis, but I don't know how that—that doesn't sound like an alien. I think I still got some
4: habilis in me. Uh, Maybe go with one of those, and just if you can just alter it slightly. I mean, like, um, do you want to go Cro-Magnon? yeah, Cro-Magnon. I don't know. How about what if we did Cro-Magnon? Are we going to go so with Cro-Magnon there's, now? there's Neil shooting himself in the,
6: in the foot, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. You're the we'll official go, answer. We'll Cro Magnon.
2: Cro Magnon, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Matt and, uh, and Paul, what do you guys got? Well, I think there's a slider's
0: dimension where everything's the same, except they didn't change the word and got it right because. You guys are really close. Uh, they're called the Cro-Mags, and I don't know if you want to give them points for it, but it's
2: no, pretty close. No, uh, yeah, in the clue I did say it was nearly identical, so you, you got to have that little twist there. But so you, you guys weren't as clever as the great writers of Sliders. Uh, they're they're Cro-Mags.
3: Actually, the fact that we got close, I, I'm just satisfied with that.
6: <laughs> Paul, you said you were a punk enthusiast, also a yeah. hardcore punk band from the 80s, yeah. I guess. Yeah,
5: the Chromex. Yeah. That would have been my guess, but I, I haven't seen sliders in probably 20 years. I don't remember that. It does not hold up. Yeah.
2: Let's go on to question three. In uh, the category, it's architecture not built by aliens. Uh, in what three-time olympic hosting city would you find the shard which holds the title as the largest pyramid in the world we're locked in that's
5: that was quick uh paul any ideas here i'm pretty sure that london is the city that's hosted three times and the shard is that really big kind of seashell looking building it's in the middle of the city uh it sounds good to
0: me so we're gonna lock in with london
3: um but yeah there's a patreon level i don't know if you guys have seen it it's a million dollars a month and it's jeff lives in the shard so just oh. saying if you guys want to help towards that cause um really appreciate it but uh, yeah we went london
2: all right well yeah uh, although no one's given you the million dollars to make that dream a reality uh you're at least correct today It it is the sh- it is london uh, where you can find the shard
4: so See, a lot of people go in the Shard for a view of London, but they don't get to see the Shard, which is why you should go to the walkie-talkie building, which is free and not uh, under a paywall. And then you can see all of London, including the Shard.
6: There's I'd be lucky to just live in a yard.
4: That's true. To be honest. Jeff can build you a doghouse or something you can live in. Like Snoopy, just sleep on top of the day. Live in, in
3: day Jeff's and, yard. Yeah. I'll take you over to- But uh, we'll name the
6: doghouse the Shard.
4: <laughs> or the Shart. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff comes out uh, after breakfast. He just sees you uh, scratching yourself across the lawn on your butt.
3: Ken, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) I made this really nice sign that said the shed and then Ken bastardized it.
2: Uh, So, guys, we're going to go into question four. Uh, So we were just a thousand feet up the shard and now we're going way down in an underwater town. Appropriately named for a god, what zone refers to the deepest regions of the ocean, typically at a depth of over 20,000 feet? I'll accept the name of either the god or the name of the region.
4: All right. Yeah, let's go with your first answer, I guess, and see what happens. Lock it in.
0: All right. So they're locked in. Uh, Paul, what do you know about very deep ocean places?
5: Well, I know Challenger Deep is the deepest section, but that doesn't have a... What, was it a god?
0: Yeah. The... And I was, I was thinking like abyssal zone,
5: but I don't know of a god named Abyss. I think I'd, I think, I think I'd rather go with Poseidon. I think okay. there's more of a tendency for it to be Greek, but okay.
0: Well, we are going to go with Poseidon then.
3: Um, we also think it's Greek, but we think this is kind of a greedy god. He's got a town as well. We guessed Hades.
2: All right, yeah. So Neil and Jeff were on the right track from uh, the the Tony Award-winning musical uh, Hades Town. Oh. Uh, so we are way down in Hades Town. Uh, so Hades or Hadel is the answer there.
4: Mm. Now that you say the clue, I, I get the clue. I didn't even think about that when you read it, so that makes sense.
6: I was with Matt on the uh, abyssal zone there. I thought that was it. Yeah. Uh,
2: moving on to question five, uh, the category is Bette Midler's Greatest Hit. Known as the High Priestess of Soul and not the Queen of Soul, whose 1965 album and 1992 autobiography are both titled I Put a Spell on You?
4: We can lock in over here.
0: Probably the person that's saying, I put a spell on you, right? Would that make sense?
4: Yeah. Or, well, the, the woman who sang it, there was
5: um, Screamin' Jay Hawkins originally sang the song, but uh, Nina Simone had a big cover of it. And I think she's known as the High Priestess of Soul.
0: Well, those are two uh, things that would definitely make me want to lock in with that answer. So we are going to lock in with Nina Simone. Simone, Simone, Simone. I don't know.
2: There you
4: go. Uh, Paul's flavor text was what I was going to say, uh, so I will not repeat it. But we also locked in with Nina Simone,
2: and uh, and you guys are are both correct. Um, but like just about everybody can can name one soul artist when they, when they say Aretha Franklin, but uh, so she's the queen of soul, and the high priestess of soul was Nina Simone. So good job, both teams. And um, her
6: and her cousin. Uh... <laughs> Her Italian cousin, Nina Simone, is the, uh, the high priestess of rowing the gondola.
4: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a nice That's uh, what I was thinking of. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Matt is a big gondola fan. So it was just deep in mm-hmm. his brain there.
2: Uh, after five questions,
4: it looks like we're all tied up at 40.
2: There we go. All right. Uh, moving on to question six. Uh, the category is Sportsy Horses. Uh, regret in 1915, genuine risk in 1980 and winning colors in 1988 are all Kentucky Derby winning horses that share what unique distinction?
4: We are locked in over here, guys.
0: Okay, hey, you guys are locked in. Uh, yeah, we're pretty sure uh, that these are much like Bryce Harper. They are fillies, so we said fillies.
4: Uh, we had a different thought. Uh, we thought that possibly it was something uh, a little bit cooler, I suppose, but we thought maybe they're all in the same lineage, so direct lineage, fathers, sons, you know, whatever you want it to be.
2: Uh, That would be pretty cool, Um, but I don't know if that's ever happened, but uh, Matt is 100% correct. Uh, These are the only female horses or fillies to ever win the Kentucky Derby. All right, Uh, going on to question seven. The category is politicians who have been punched in the face by a neighbor. What was Senator Rand Paul's medical profession before withdrawing from the American board and instead becoming self-certified by a board of his own creation, the National Board? He later withdrew from that as well.
4: Jeff and I wrote down a bunch of different specialties, uh, and even though we don't know it, we have one that we think could be the right answer, so we're going to lock in.
2: I don't even know where to start
0: here. So you're saying dentist, maybe?
5: Uh, That's what jumped into my mind, but um, what are some other
2: (laughs) specialties?
0: Well, and he said something about punching someone in the face. Well, he was punched in the
5: face by a neighbor of his. Well, then you probably need a good dentist.
0: I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Uh, I think we can lock in with dentists because I don't know if we're going to get anything else. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. That sounds good.
4: As I said, we weren't too sure on this one, but we know that uh, he has a tendency to put his foot in his mouth. And people who know a lot about feet are podiatrists. So that's what we locked in with.
2: All right. Uh, so Rand Paul did go to medical school, uh, and he became an ophthalmologist. He was an eye doctor. Um, he did not practice for very long, though, before getting into politics, and and uh, all of his career was kind of marred by this whole you know, saga that I detailed for you guys. So, have you ever uh, gotten yeah, punched in the uh, face
4: by a neighbor, Chase?
2: Uh, I have not, um, and I think it's just because I'm a nicer person than Rand Paul, but I, I can't be 100% sure of that.
4: I think that's probably accurate. Yeah, you should put that on <laughs> your, your business card for your practice.
2: Nicer than Rand Paul. <laughs> Low standards. Low standards. Uh, We're going to bring our standards up with question eight. Uh, The category is space is not very drafty. When Pluto was downgraded from its status as a planet, it was reclassified as a dwarf planet and grouped with other KBOs such as Helmea and Charon. What is a KBO? The term is named for a Dutch astronomer, not a hacky ESPN analyst.
3: Yep. We're locked in.
2: Oh, Mm. wow. I know it. Uh, That's the
5: out in the Kuiper belt. So KBO would be a Kuiper belt object.
0: No, oh, Mel Kuiper's not hacky. That's rude. He just has a hacky haircut. Oh, Mel I think, Kuiper, yeah. I, well, we're going to go with the Kuiper belt then, I guess.
3: Yeah, we too with, uh, went with a Kuiper belt object.
2: Both teams are correct here. A KBO is a Kuiper belt object. Uh, but Matt is wrong. Uh, Mel Kuiper is is very hacky. Mm. It says the exact same things about every draft prospect uh, for the last 20 years.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I think you have good upside as a host, so I'll let that go.
4: Great hands, great separation.
2: (laughs) It's just a lot of of hustle. Hard worker in the locker room. Um, All right. Uh, Going on to question nine here. Uh, The category is Parting New York and Long Island. Robert Caro won the 1974 Pulitzer Prize for his biography, The Power Broker which details the life of what New York Parks Commissioner who was responsible for many of the major expressways and bridges now found in New York City?
4: We can lock in over here with a wrong answer.
0: Ooh, locking in with the wrong answer. That is a gutsy move, Neil. Um,
4: Let's see if it pays off.
0: You had some some ideas on this one. I'm pretty sure his name is Robert Moses. Uh, Yes, Moses Parting New York, or whatever the clue was in the the title there. Uh, So we're going to lock in with Moses.
4: Another great clue that we didn't catch on to. Uh, We just knew that uh, one of the airports is LaGuardia, and we thought maybe the mayoral influence uh, transferred over to Expressway. So we said LaGuardia.
2: Yeah, so LaGuardia and this guy actually fought uh, pretty much constantly uh, during his mayoral uh, time. But this is the Parks Commissioner, Robert Moses. So good job to uh, uh, Matt and Paul. Uh, I was trying to shoehorn in the uh, like indie DJ Bob Moses into this, but he only had one good song, so I couldn't find a way to, to shoehorn it in there. All right. Uh, speaking of Moses, uh, category number 10 the cat is Oive. Connect the following four Jewish holidays with the oversimplification of what is being celebrated. So I need you guys to, to kind of write down these four things, uh, the four holidays, and then the four things that they might be uh, categorized with. Now, the four holidays are Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Passover, and Hanukkah. The four oversimplifications are uh, A, the Exodus of the Israelites, B, the New Year, C, the rededication of the Second Temple in Jerusalem. And D, the Day of Atonement.
4: All right, gentlemen, Jeff and I are both locked in.
2: All right, uh, Paul, so let's
0: go through these. Um, Passover, we're pretty sure is Exodus, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yom Kippur, we're saying New Year? Yep. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, Day of Atonement, right? Yep, Yep. leaves And leaves Hanukkah with what, which one?
5: The rededication of the second temple.
0: Okay, that sounds good, and that's what
2: we're locking in with. All right, Jeff and Neil, what did you guys have? All right, so
3: pretty sure that we agree that Passover is related to the exodus of the Israelites. I'm fairly certain Yom Kippur is the day of atonement, so we said Hanukkah is New Year and Rosh Hashanah is the second dedication of the temple.
2: Oof, all right, so... uh, no, no points on this one uh, for for you guys um, Rosh, yeah. So I'll go through them from top to bottom. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is the new year, uh, which was just recently celebrated. Uh, Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. Passover is the exodus of the Israelites, which I think most of us learn from the rugrats. That is correct. And uh, Hanukkah is uh, just it's the rededication of the second temple. Um, And the miracle associated with it is the the single bit of oil lasting for eight days. Um, So this question is dedicated to all of my Jewish friends from medical school that are embarrassed that I still know nothing about Judaism, despite spending many years hanging out with all of them. (laughs)
4: Uh, Well, uh, after the first round, it looks like Team Call Me Moby has 50 points going into the swing round, and Bartleby, the barista, has 70 points. Uh, Before we throw it to Chase to hear what his swing round theme is. Just wanted to direct everyone over to Patreon if you'd like to join Chase and Paul in supporting the show and helping us continue to grow. You can get tons of extra audio content there over 30, 35 hours worth. Uh, You just have to go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And uh, there also are some other perks that uh, listeners can get, right, Jeff? There are. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Yes, (laughs) there are many perks you can get. Stickers, posters, boxes. uh, But as I said, most of all, the extra audio content... And uh, today we are joined by two Patreon supporters, and we very much appreciate that. And if you'd like to join them, just go to patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast.
2: All right. So for our midpoint round, uh, just like I did the last time that I hosted, I have uh, a round of before and afters for you. Um, In this case, uh, the theme is going to be actors on location. So uh, for all of these, obviously, it's going to start with an actor's name, and then it's going to finish with a location uh, that the last syllable matches with the first. Uh, So as my example, uh, it was great seeing an actor who first gained fame in the 1980s on Moonlighting, uh, but is now much better known as an action star in the 1990s uh, on my trip to the Crossroads of the World. So in this case, the Crossroads of the World is Istanbul. The actor is Bruce Willis. So your answer for this question would be Bruce willis Istanbul. All right. Uh, So starting with question one in our midpoint round, Uh, Number one, this actor didn't think it was funny when I shouted, this isn't Nam, this is bowling at him while visiting the site of the 1975 boxing match between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Question two, uh, maybe this star of The Handmaid's Tale was doing some scene work when I ran into her at St. Basil's Cathedral. Question three, it was a striking occurrence to run into the Universal Soldier himself in what is arguably the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world. Question four, I wasn't far from the shallows when I ran into this actor on the beaches of this western Australian city where I later caught the derby between West Coast and Fremantle. Question five, it was a surprise to see this WandaVision actor in the French Riviera having a vacation that was delightful and pleasurable and enjoyable. Well, you get it. Question six, uh, this Suicide squatter actor and I did not have to walk on water to visit the metropolis formerly known as Edo. Question seven, the only woman of color to ever win a Best Actress Academy Award had plenty of reason to celebrate with me at the world's largest annual Lenten Festival. Question eight, her narration of the American planet Earth was downright Shakespearean, so it was fitting to find her in this Italian city where two of Billy Shake's most famous plays are set. Question nine, I saw him walking around in a tuxedo after 6 o'clock because he obviously isn't a farmer like many of the folks who live in this capital city of Manitoba.
3: I got this one, Neil.
2: And question 10. Ivan Drago and I had a, had a real uh, mean time checking out the shepherd clock outside the Royal Observatory.
6: All right. These guys will think about their answers, and we'll be right back.
4: All right. All the answers are now locked in. Let's go to Chase to hear them one more time and uh, we will give our answers.
2: All right. So again, our midpoint round is a before and after with uh, actors on location. Uh, question one was this actor didn't think it was funny when I shouted, this isn't Nam, this is bowling, him while visiting the site of the 1975 boxing match between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier.
3: Um, yep. We think this one is John Goodmanilla.
2: Yep, we also have John Good Manila. Yeah, I heard uh, you guys, it was it was pretty painful hearing you go, well, it's got to be Jeff Bridges for uh, for a good long while. And then to <laughs> Neil and Jeff, I think you guys were talking about the uh, the fight at Madison Square Garden. That was in 1971. and that, that was the fight of the century, but the rematch was in 1975 in Manila. So points to both teams. All right, uh, question two. Uh, maybe the star of The Handmaid's Tale was doing some scene work when I ran into her at St. Basil's Cathedral.
4: We went with Elizabeth Moscow. Uh,
0: we also went with Elizabeth Moscow. Uh,
2: yep, you guys got it. It is uh, Elizabeth Moscow. Uh, I, was, I originally had the red square in there, and that was way too obvious. So. But there you go. That's where St. Basil's Cathedral is.
0: Hmm.
2: All right, question three. It was a striking occurrence to run into the Universal Soldier himself in what is arguably the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world.
3: Yep. Um star of course of our Bloodsport series, uh Jean-Claude Van Damascus.
5: Ooh, we we had Jean-Claude Van Damsterdam. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so I did I little- totally glossed over that. <laughs> Yeah, so both cities uh, work with the other before and after, but the only one that is, has been inhabited for that long is Damascus. So Jean-Claude Van Damascus is your answer. All right, uh, question four. Uh, I wasn't far from the shallows when I ran into this actor on the beaches of this Western Australian city where I later caught the derby between West Coast and Fremantle. Hey, let me get a look at you.
4: Tell me something, Neil. Uh, we went with Bradley Cooperth.
0: Uh yes, and I will not regale you with impressions, but we also said Bradley Cooper. Uh
2: yep, that is uh ro- you know, Rocket Raccoon, everybody's favorite, and, and a great, you know, that great impression there of him. Uh it's Bradley Cooper. All right. Number five. It was a surprise to see this WandaVision actor in the French Riviera having a vacation that was delightful and pleasurable and enjoyable and well, you get it.
3: Uh we believe this is Paul Bettinice. And
2: I made another error here. Paul Bettinice. I don't yeah, think, ne- is something. I think it is a city, but it is not in the French Riviera. Riviera and, it, and it certainly doesn't you know, fit my, all my little synonyms there. So it is Paul Bettinice. All right. Number six. Uh, this suicide squad actor and I didn't have to walk on water to visit the metropolis formerly known as Edo.
4: We went with Jared Latokio.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Jared Letokio. Uh
2: Yep, you both got it. Uh, our favorite 32nd to Mars singer and not the best joker, uh, Jared Letokio. All right, number seven. The only woman of color to ever win a Best Actress Academy Award had plenty of reason to celebrate with me at the world's largest Lenten festival. Um, as in a, a festival where they celebrate Lent.
3: Yeah, um, one such festival that Neil and I hadn't thought about for quite a while was Carnival. So until we got there, uh, it took us a while to figure out that that was probably Halle Berry, Rio de Janeiro. Halle Halle Berry, Rio Rio de Janeiro. Sorry, I screwed it up. Halle Berry, Rio de Janeiro.
2: We
5: also have Halle Berry, Rio de Janeiro.
2: Uh, And yes, both teams are correct. Uh, And full disclosure, it took both teams a long time to get there, but good job, guys. (laughs) Hmm. All right. Rio is a pretty
6: small, unknown
2: city, so it's hard to get there. (laughs) Right.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Fromers hasn't gotten there yet.
2: (laughs) All right. Question eight Uh, Her narration of the American planet Earth was downright Shakespearean, so it was fitting to find her in this Italian city where two of Billy Shake's most famous plays are set.
4: Two of his most famous plays, and uh, also the site from which two gentlemen come from. We said Sigourney, we Verona. Uh,
2: also
0: going with Sigour- bleh, Sigourney, we
2: Verona. And yep, uh, both teams uh, got it there. Uh, not a lot of trouble on that one. But uh, all right. Um, and I, there is uh, some dispute there that there is a third play set there, but the only ones spending the entire time in Verona are Two Gentlemen of Verona and uh, Romeo and Juliet. So. Uh, question nine I saw him walking around in a tuxedo after six o'clock because he obviously isn't a farmer like many of the folks who live in this capital city of Manitoba
3: we said Alec bald Winnipeg
2: we also
5: had Alec bald Winnipeg
2: bald Winnipeg Yep, points 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 all right uh number 10 last question Ivan Drago and I had a real mean time checking out the shepherd clock outside the royal observatory
4: We went with Dolph Lundgrenich.
0: Uh, One of my favorite actors. uh, Dolph Lundgrenich.
2: Uh, Yeah, you you guys got that one as well. Uh, Probably the biggest stretch in terms of pronunciation, but uh, but yeah, you guys nailed it. So uh, if I did it right, it looks like um, Call Me Moby had a perfect score, uh, 10 for 10, and Bartleby the Barista had 8 of 10. So 40 points for them and the, the full 50 for Call Me Moby. Wow,
4: that is correct, Chase. That would bring our scores to 100 for Call Me Moby, uh, to 110 for Bartleby.
2: Going on to round two, Uh, category number one is in measured politics. Other than the United States, name one of the two countries in the world that still uses the imperial measuring system. One is an Asian nation currently embroiled in an internal conflict, and the other is a Southwest African nation currently led by famous footballer George Weah whose son, Tim, plays for the U.S. men's national team. Five bonus points for both.
3: Um. Okay, Neil, I think I have both of them.
4: Fantastic.
3: I mean,
5: countries with internal struggle in Asia right now, like um, but Yemen. Okay. Yemen, there's a lot of... Hmm. Strife in Yemen. Yeah. I mean, Liberia would make a lot of sense in Africa. Is that in the southwest? The little, oh my! My actual yeah. ge- geography is not
0: what I know. It's, it's yeah things. Uh, I mean, soccer players.
5: What was the name of the the soccer player? George Weah. Yeah, let's go with Liberia. Okay, since his
2: it's name is George. All right. <laughs> okay. And well, no, there's a lot. Left for left the, left. Do you guys have a guess for the Asian country? We'll go with Yemen. All right, so you guys are locked in. Uh, Neil and Jeff, what do you guys got? All right, so
3: um, one has ties to the United States. That one I was pretty sure of in um, West Africa was Liberia. And the other one I was pretty certain of, but when he said it was kind of embroiled in a struggle, um, the one that I'm thinking of uh, is currently in an ongoing civil war. That would be Myanmar.
2: All right. Um, So you guys had Myanmar and Liberia and then uh paul and matt um you guys locked in with liberia and yemen so our answers are uh, myanmar and liberia so oh. 10 points uh for bartleby the barista and 15 for call me moby Ooh. and yeah and then i originally had civil war in the question stem not quite sure if that's the best term for it, uh, but a good reason for everybody to keep up with your news and what's going on in, uh, in other parts of the world just to get a you know, better understanding of, of what else is happening. Uh, for something more lighthearted, uh, question number two is in hard-hitting fast food. On the list of companies with the most franchises in the world, you have to scroll down to number 18 to find the first company not based in the United States. Name the company, which was founded in 1964 by a retired athlete. Mmm. I think I know this one.
4: Okay, so we're looking for a fast food chain that is not from the United States or not based in the United States. Yep. And was started by an athlete in 1964.
3: Because mm-hmm. all the other ones I'm going to, you know, your Popeye's, KFC, Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. Long John Silver's, Starbucks. Wait, Tim Horton.
4: Oh, was he a uh, athlete?
3: Yeah, he was a Canadian
4: hockey player. See, that's knowledge I didn't have. I think that's that's good. We should uh, go with uh, Tim Hortons, eh?
3: Yeah, let's uh, go with old uh, Timmy Hortons. All right, you guys are locked in. Uh, Matt
2: and Paul, what did you guys have?
0: That was so painful. You were so close to guessing the wrong answer. Uh, yes, whereas I work for American Coffee Conglomerate, I was pretty sure this was the Canadian Coffee Conglomerate, Tim Hortons.
2: Yeah, the uh, the you know, if Tim Duncan founded a franchise, maybe it'd be more popular. But uh, no, this was Tim Hortons uh, is the most uh, uh, Canadian franchise, uh, but number 18 in the world after all the U.S. ones. So t- uh, points for both teams.
3: Yeah, I actually went to a Tim Hortons in the United States not that long ago. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, they're, they're, they're all over the, the Midwest. To, yeah, as yeah,
3: I said, they're really starting to expand, yeah. especially out in Lake Michigan and stuff.
2: All right. Question three, a little of a science question for everybody. The category is dorky biology. It doesn't take a quantum leap to guess the name of this large bone that provides structure to the genitalia of a male whale. What is it?
3: I mean, if you think there's a quantum leap tie-in, I'm not getting it. Well, I know that the lead, the lead
4: actor of quantum leap was, was not that, but I don't know if that has anything to do with it, though. It might not. What'd you write? I just feel like that doesn't really fit in with the clue.
6: Just roll penis bone. <laughs> so what did you write? Penile, penile bone.
4: <laughs> you put the old penile bone... uh
0: Uh, okay uh paul i think had the answer here so we're gonna lock in
4: all right jeff so quantum leap is the clue you wrote penile bone which is a valiant effort
3: (laughs) well it's what we're talking about we're talking
4: about the penile bone i'm assuming
3: something adjacent
4: right now quantum leap uh the lead actor is uh scott bacula he portrays the character sam beckett bacula sounds like it could be a bone right the bacula right above the sacula. Right. And uh, so what I was saying here is that you have the perineum, which is the human... <laughs> Do I have to bleep that? I don't know. I don't know if the word is bleepable or if it needs to be bleeped. I'm, I'm bleeping it twice.
3: Whatever you're doing, you are, uh, you are tainting our record as podcasters. <laughs>
4: Ooh, that's, so, not,
0: that's not bleeped.
4: So the, the human... Uh, area that we just discussed is the perineum so we were saying maybe it's the if it's not the bacula because that's the actor maybe it's the baculum so that's our answer is what we're locking in with
0: um yeah i, I think uh paul was on a better
5: tracula uh what were you thinking paul oh <laughs> well, scott bacula is the star quantum leap and you know bacula sounds like scapula so just bacula sounds a like good answer so we just All said right. bacula
2: yeah, Neil and Jeff took it one step stupider <laughs> to get the right answer. T- oh my! It goodness. is it is a baculum. Oh my God! I can't believe it. And get, uh, I wait, did, did check. I did that? check just to make sure that I that I shouldn't give credit, but uh, the plural the plural of baculum is actually baculums. So. <laughs>
3: oh, so it is
4: baculum. Right. It
2: weird. is baculum. Oh yeah, God. you are absolutely right. <laughs>
3: Oh my God. I put that we didn't get points for that because I was sure we were wrong. That's why I'm playing a no, little man. bit of warmth in my perineum.
2: That's a,
0: that's a reverse chromag from earlier.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you win some, you lose some on the, when you play the game of uh, yeah.
2: stupid dice. All right. We're on to uh, question four. The category is Cliffs as White as Snow. In the English Premier League, there are two teams that use an archaic name for the island of Great Britain, which is derived from the White Cliffs of Dover. The teams are West Bromwich Blank and Brighton and Hove Blank. Fill in the blank.
4: We are locked in over here.
0: Um I went through the football angle and Paul kind of you knew the the old name for England, right? What what did you think it was? Well Albion is what they used to call it. Yeah, I'm ninety nine percent sure that is correct, so we said Albion.
3: Albion, I think, is also the name of the the land. Is that in Fable? But we uh we didn't know we thought what's something that's white like snow and we said alabaster
2: no so yeah you guys got it from the sporting angle uh it is in fact albion uh but you know the same idea alabaster is not terribly far off right so any, anything with uh, derived from white is going to be alb like albino so so albion mm. there we go. all right well that that puts bartleby the barista back in the lead as we head into question five uh, the category is a landmass that extends into the sea. What NBC superhero series, named for its protagonist's signature garment, was canceled after one poorly received season and did not, in fact, make it to six seasons and a movie? Six seasons and a movie. Oh. we can both lock in.
3: Yeah,
0: I was speaking for Jeff.
3: I wish. I'm. Why am I? You don't know this one? <laughs> I think it's... That's is a community it... reference. Yeah. Isn't it? Is it the cape or something? Oh, the, yeah, which, okay. Which would explain the body of water extending into the ocean or whatever.
4: Yeah, there was a TV show that failed called The Cape.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um Abed is obsessed with The Cape. He runs up to Jeff with a cape on his back and then Cape whips his tray off of his table, sending his lunch careening into the floor. So, yeah, so we're going to go with The Cape.
2: Uh, we are also going to go with The Cape. Uh, You guys are both correct. Uh, Maybe nerfed it a little too hard, but I didn't realize you both were uh, community fans. So, Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it, Jeff was correct. It only lasted about half a, or Jeff from the TV series, I should say (laughs) it got canceled mid season. Uh, But then uh, in, in their like evil mirror world, it lasted four seasons. It got turned into a franchise. So, all right. uh, That brings us halfway through the second round. Do you guys have a score update?
4: I do. It looks like the game is still very close with Bartleby, the barista, in the lead by only five points. They have 150 points and Call Me Moby with 145.
2: All right. We're going on to question six. The category is music, in air quotes. Also known as a wheel fiddle, what is the onomatopoeic name of the stringed folk instrument that produces sound by turning a wheel with a hand crank? At times, it could be more painful to listen to than bagpipes.
0: I know I watched a YouTube video of someone playing this. I'm
4: sure there's someone on YouTube who does modern covers with this instrument. I don't know it, Jeff.
0: <laughs> well, let's... It was just just post Malone songs.
4: Yeah, right. All right, so they're locked in over there. Um, he said onomatopoeia music in quotes. Um, and that it's uh, more painful to listen to than it would be, I think, to use something to that effect. So, could it be like one of those torture devices? That it's you... not a
3: not a music box. I'm guessing, right? Although you do crank those up.
4: It's not a soldier boy. You do crank those. Yep. Um, but you said a hand crank, maybe that's like a torture device, right? That you've used rack. before. Yeah, the rack.
3: Thumb screws. Thumb
4: screws. Uh, what did you say? Um, you said. Um, What's the other one that you mentioned?
3: Oh, it's I don't think it's a squeeze box. Squeeze that's just box. a nickname for a uh, like an accordion, right?
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea then. I mean, crank. That's kind of onomatopoeia-ish. I don't know.
3: Does it make a sound that sounds like crank? <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's what it would have to be for it to work um as onomatopoeia. Yeah. I'm leaving it in your in your court. I don't know. Dude,
4: I
2: don't know. Let's go crank. Okay. All right, you guys locked in with Crank. Uh, Paul and Matt, what did you guys come up with?
5: I think Paul was able to crank out a right answer over there. What did you say, Paul? Well, Donovan had that song Hurdy Gurdy Man back in the 60s, and
2: Hurdy Gurdy" sounds on a monopoietic. And that is correct. So, yeah, so it's a hurdy like maybe not a hurty gurdy, but it, it it can be rough. Uh, <laughs> here, me, yeah,
4: I was going to say I have to well, look
2: at... Yeah, yeah, so Neil, you just haven't been on the same TikTok pages that I have, so that's that's how I found this thing. Like, is uh, it the guy with the it's, glasses? It's, this guy's going for it. <laughs> like a off I
3: didn't right, hate that as much as I thought. That's I enough
2: of it. <laughs> it's, so yeah, it's uh, it's out there. It's worth, worth listening to at least once. All right, we're going to go on to uh, question seven. Uh, what is the term you use to describe an elixir that can supposedly cure all illnesses? It's now used derisively to mock drugs or supplements that are overmarketed. Hmm.
4: All right, Jeff. I'm not um, too confident on any of these things. We said snake oil, panacea, wonder drug. Is there anything else you want to go with? If not, I, I have no idea.
3: No, I, um, I don't know. Do uh, you want to stick with panacea? Let's do it.
0: All right, so I originally was thinking snake oil, and then I remembered I was thinking that because it was in the question. Uh, Paul, what
5: did we end up going with? <laughs> we went with panacea too.
2: And yeah, yeah, both teams are right. So yeah, so s- snake oil is probably the, the more common uh, term that everyone's or everyone's heard. Uh, but uh, if you hear a drug marketed as you know a panacea, we're making fun of it because there's no drug that could actually cure everything. Uh, All right, Uh, going on to question eight. uh, The category is shut up and run. The race that eats its young is the title of a documentary about what grueling competition in which competitors must run 100 miles of mountainous Tennessee terrain in fewer than 60 hours with the accumulated vertical climb being over 50,000 feet. As far as I can tell, no NBA Hall of Famers turned color analysts have finished the course.
4: We are locked in over here, guys.
2: Um, I'm pretty sure that
0: the clue leads me to a really not often referenced or played video game, Charles Barkley, shut up and jam. Uh, So how are you feeling about us going with like a Barkley marathon or Barkley run? Sounds good to me. Okay. So I think we're going to lock in with Barkley marathon.
4: That's a great guess. We talked about Charles Barkley too. Uh, I haven't watched him be in a long time. I know he's on that after show with Shaq. I didn't know if he actually commentates games um the only commentator i could think of that i believe is a hall of famer was bill walton so we just went with the the walton run yeah
2: no but uh uh that's not a bad guess but uh bartleby the barista they they nailed it they got all the clues there this is the the barkley marathons but i I will give you credit uh and they're very specific about that because you have to run like close to five marathons to finish this race Um, so uh yeah. So if anybody likes like crazy documentaries about just insane athletes, like, you know, the rock climbing, uh, well, like tell g- me out here, guys. Free Solo. Yeah. So anybody likes Free Solo, uh, you will you would absolutely love this documentary. It's got the exact same kind of crazy people in it um, and definitely just makes you question anything about your own athletic abilities.
6: <laughs> You're not All Neil right. Fisher. Uh, You're just a Neil Fisher wannabe who looks like him.
4: Be gone, wannabe. Be gone. Phil Sanford, our friend, I think would do very well in this race. He is an accomplished runner. Yes, Mm -hmm. that is correct. Yeah, so Phil, like me. Yeah, if you've ever done the Barkley Marathons, let Mm -hmm. us know.
2: All right. Uh, This one might also be a little bit in Matt's wheelhouse, but uh, Category 9 is Literally Terrible Gaming. Uh, Selling fewer than a million units. What 1990s video game system boasted such unforgettable titles as Jack Bros, Red Alarm, and Wario Land?
0: Uh, if you're okay, we can lock in.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, for sure I know what to do. Yeah.
5: Perfect.
0: We both have terrible video gaming tastes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <other> yeah.
3: <laughs> so I feel like Wario leads us to Nintendo. Right. Yeah. In, Nintendo. It was nineteen nineties, right? Nineties. Yeah. So SNES, sixty-four, Game Boy, Game Boy Color advanced those feel like several all... of
6: the best-selling systems of all time yeah well i, I know what the...
3: about was it 3d what like, was the one that like gave people headaches and you had to wear like a nintendo vision what was it called
4: i can't remember that i mean i know there's like the power glove which was just a remote uh, controller um it wasn't just a controller it was everything um
6: uh, this thing uh, sold worse than the nintendo home anima kit <laughs> <laughs>
3: it was actually a home enema system as soon as you system, as sorry. soon as you uh, the Famicom.
4: as soon as you place it uh, for entry you press a button it goes here we go uh, no um, it's okay. a me enema all clean God. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, okay, so I, I'm thinking of like uh, unsuccessful uh, systems, Jaguar, but I don't think that had anything... That was Atari, right? That was Atari. You um, just
0: wanted to say Jaguar.
4: I just wanted to say Jaguar. <laughs> I love Atari
3: Jaguar. <laughs> there was... Uh, Not really, just name dropping it.
4: Like you said, maybe Nintendo Vision, is that what you said? There's Virtual Boy, there's... Wait, uh, well,
3: Virtual Boy, was that something? That was something, right? I
4: think it was a system. I have no idea if it has any affiliation we with Nintendo. Go virtual
3: Boy, I think that's right.
4: Okay, if you think it's right, because I don't have any idea if it even we'll exists
3: virtual boy
4: okay
0: why does this keep happening you seem like you're so far away from the answer and then neil just throws something out there uh yeah much like chevelle in the same time period we were seeing red with our virtual boy uh or same virtual boy
2: yeah this is the like fourth or fifth time that call me moby has just pulled it out of thin air uh yeah this literally awful system was the virtual boy
3: it was, <laughs> was, was that it was the kit yeah yeah
2: Yeah, with their mascot, (laughs) Enamario. I mean, talk about good
0: plumbing. Oh, Uh, Oh, no.
6: This is the high class uh, humor you can expect from Triviality. Please subscribe to Patreon.
4: (laughs) That should be a t-shirt, though, by the way. Enamario with like a a plunger and something. (laughs) But but the pipe is upside down. Find it in our public store
2: next week. Yeah, hurry up and patent that before uh, someone else <laughs> takes pending. Pen, 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 and pen, if, pen, if pen.
3: one of our yeah. ideas was like a one in a million idea, we're we're getting close with all the ideas <laughs> we threw
2: out there. That's well, the whole idea of the podcast, right? Just keep keep doing <laughs> stuff shirt. on the wall until something makes you makes you millionaires. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, last question of uh, regular rounds. Uh, the category is hurry hard. I was not letting you guys get out of here without a curling question. So which of these is not a real term used in the great sport of curling? A, pass the hog line. B, flash the house. C. stack the button. B, burn the stone.
0: Let's see. So you guys are locked in. Um, we've kind of gone through all the terms, and they are all have something to do with curling, right? We know that house, yeah, yeah. stone. Um, but... Flash the stone to, or flash the house doesn't sound right, right? Yeah, it's the one that seems the least familiar to me. Yeah. Outside of Mardi Gras, you shouldn't flash the house. I think <laughs> we're going to go with flash the house.
3: I'm not necessarily endorsing flashing the house during Mardi Gras, but uh, we also want flash the house.
2: All right. Uh, so to go through all the terms that are real, Pat, uh, you have to pass the hog line. So if you throw a stone and it doesn't go far enough, that means it has not passed the hog line. That's not a legal throw. Uh, if you burn a stone uh, that means that uh, someone was sweeping trying to make the stone you know do what you want it to and they accidentally hit it which means you burned it so you have to take that stone out of play not good and the other real term is that if you flash the house it means you threw it all the way through so the house is the area you're trying to score in if you make it if you don't if you can't even stop it in there you flashed it so the fake term is stacking the button Mm. uh yeah, the button is a real thing in curling. It's the dead center of where you're trying to score, like the little, the closest mm-hmm. you can get, uh, but you can't stack it. You can't put things on top of the... You can't put more more than one stone on, on top of the button.
4: Well, Bartleby, the barista, has created some separation going into the final round. They're going to end regulation with 190 points, and trailing behind them are Call Me Moby with only 165 points. So it's going to be some pretty big wagers here, Jeff, but we need to hear the categories first. What are they, Chase?
2: All right. Uh, So the final round, it's all, just like my first game, it's all going to be things that come in threes. So you need to get all three answers right to get credit. And they're all inspired by things that I've done uh, since the last time I hosted a game during the pandemic. So category one is trying to bake. Category two is trying to exercise. Category three is walking aimlessly around New York City. Category four is camping. Okay, glamping. And then category five is watching the same movies again and again.
4: Okay, all of the wagers are locked in. And just for reference, Bartleby the barista is going big or going home. They are betting 30 all the way down. So just be reminded that they're going all in on every question while Call Me Moby is being a little bit more conservative and our wagers will present themselves with our answers. Jace, what are the questions?
2: All right. In category one, trying to bake, uh, what are the three named ingredients used in a tres leches cake? Uh, question two is in trying to exercise. If you're trying to join the thousand pound club, what are the three barbell power lifts that you need to complete? Question three is in walking aimlessly around New York City. What are the three bridges that connect the boroughs of Manhattan and Brooklyn? Two of them are adjacent to one another and form the appropriately named Two Bridges neighborhood in Manhattan, and the third shares its name with a Brooklyn neighborhood. Category four is in camping or glamping. Excluding an extremely small area of Kansas, the Ozarks are a physiographic region located within what three states? And the last question, number five, watching the same movies again and again, Uh, What three films comprise Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost's Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy, which included a rom-zom-com, a buddy cop comedy, and a sci-fi apocalypse comedy? Uh, The last of those was released the same year as a similarly named sci-fi apocalypse comedy that starred Seth Rogen and James Franco, so be specific with your name.
4: All right, we will mull these over and be right back with our answers.
1: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love
5: with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update, wherever you
4: get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All of the answers are now locked in. Let's hear those questions one more time, Chase, and we'll give our answers.
2: All right. So just to remind everybody, all these answers come in threes. So I'll need three answers for every question. Uh, category one was in trying to bake. What are the three namesake ingredients used in a tres leches cake?
3: All right. We wagered 15 points on this one. Assuming uh, the tres leches, you mean the three milks. Uh, we went heavy cream, condensed milk, and evaporated milk.
0: Oh, I see. We went with the condensed milk, the heavy cream, and the
2: evaporated milk. And, yeah, it does not matter what order you put them in, uh, but those are the three milks you need to make a Trace Lake Chase cake. Let me um, explain. So if you find out other...
3: anything about baking, it does matter which order you do stuff in.
2: Mm, that's true. <laughs> uh, this is a, If you're just learning to, to bake, this is a really easy one. It's a, make a little cake, drown it in sugary milk, and there you go. All right. <laughs> Category two was in uh, appropriately trying to exercise after eating all that cake. So if you're trying to join the 1,000-pound club, What are the three barbell power lifts that you need to complete?
3: All right. Well, this matters a whole lot to us um, because we wagered zero. And we just said uh, squats, deadlifts, and clean and jerk.
0: We also went with the squat and the deadlifts. But I think uh, the most impressive of of the weight lifts, if you've ever been to the gym, because that's where everyone stands around, we say the
3: bench press. Those are glamour muscles, Matt. Don't fall into the trap.
2: And yeah, so while the Olympic lifts would be uh, the, the clean and jerk and the snatch, uh, your power lifts are the the back squat, the deadlift, and the bench press. So uh, points uh, to uh, to Paul and Matt. All right, uh, going to question three: Walking aimlessly around New York City, uh, what are the three bridges that connect the boroughs of Manhattan and Brooklyn? Two of them are adjacent to one another and form the appropriately named Two Bridges neighborhood in Manhattan, and the third shares its name with a Brooklyn neighborhood.
4: Okay, we wager 10. Uh, The first two bridges we put were the Williamsburg Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge, and the last one, uh, there's a coffee roaster there called uh, Brooklyn Coffee Roasters. I bought a a can of coffee that was in a cylinder, and TSA quickly stopped me and made it very clear that I should not have had coffee beans in a in a metal cylinder but gave me the coffee anyway Uh, and that is in one of my favorite neighborhoods down under the manhattan bridge overpass which is dumbo and that would be the manhattan bridge
0: um yeah we also went with brooklyn manhattan and the williamsburg
2: and and those are all correct all right uh so everybody racking up a lot of points here as we go on to question four uh, which was in camping or glamping Excluding an extremely small area of Kansas, the Ozarks are a physiographic region located within what three states?
3: We, uh, again, wager zero on one uh, being this one. And uh, I believe that is Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma.
5: I'm right in the middle of the Ozarks right here in Joplin, Missouri. and Got to get Missouri and Arkansas. And if Kansas is included, it's got to be Oklahoma.
2: And yep, you guys are are absolutely correct. Uh, Most of the Ozarks are in uh, southern Missouri, and then it gets the upper part of Arkansas and just a little bit of Oklahoma. Um, It basically gets right to the border of Illinois and actually defines the border of it. So, uh, but your three states, again, Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. All right, so going into our final question, uh, the category is watching the same movies again and again. Uh, What three films comprise Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost's Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy, which included a rom-zom-com, a buddy cop comedy, and a sci-fi apocalypse comedy? And the last of those was released in the same year as a similarly named sci-fi apocalypse comedy that starred Seth Rogen and James Franco. So be very specific with the title of the third movie.
4: We wagered 30 on this one. Uh, We went with Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End.
5: And we had Shaun of the Dead,
2: Hot Fuzz, and At the World's End. All right. Well, I could be immensely pretentious and not give points to Bart- Bartleby the Barista because I think you guys uh, are pretty far in the lead. Uh, so let- so let's do that. Let's uh, let's make it a little closer. So the this very specific title is The World's End, and then the other movies are, of course, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz.
4: Very strongly played game. The incorrect answer for number five in the final brought Bartleby the Barista down, but uh, not far enough to lose as badly as Call Me Moby. Call Me Moby will end the game with 220 points, but today's cream of the crop is Bartleby the Barista with 320 points, making them, did I already say that they're cream of the crop? Well, they're cream of the crop twice because they beat us by two. Handily. Handily.
3: The cream of the crop.
6: Nobody does it better so that's the game good job guys
3: we're speechless that's how that's how stunning that that finish was yeah great job guys
4: um great questions chase uh let's start with you chase uh for putting this game together your second appearance on the show as a host the bone doctor returned and he conquered um loved the questions they're all uh in different parts of trivia great different categories um any uh shout outs or, or anything you'd like to talk about the floor is yours
2: Um, I think uh, so this time, just a shout out. uh, I think if there's one thing that uh, you that everyone can do uh, to better themselves and and to make the world a safer place is if you have the time to get certified uh, to do CPR. Uh, Anyone that's watching uh, the European soccer tournament right now saw a young, healthy guy just fall on the field and uh, his life was saved because the people uh, around him uh, were certified to uh, perform life saving resuscitation. So it's a class that you can take in half of a half of a Saturday. And who knows, um, you could potentially you know, be uh, you know, the, the difference in somebody uh, you know, making it to another day. So uh, anyone can do it. You don't have to be a medical professional. Um, any, anybody can learn how to do these basic skills. And, and it's, it's very important.
4: Great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, hopefully our listeners will take that to heart. And thank you very much for being a Patreon supporter and for putting the game together today. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure meeting you and also seeing those wonderful guitars behind you. Uh, do you have any uh shout outs or, or anything you would like to to talk about uh, before we let you go today?
5: Well shout out my dad since Father's uh, Father Day is coming up, um, as we're taping. Uh he's it he was seven
0: me. months ago now by he the time he's there.
5: <laughs> he got me into trivia back when, you know, I was like five years old watching Jeopardy and doing Trivial Pursuit. So
4: And what's your dad's name?
5: his name is Paul too
4: ah, all right. Paul Dwyer <laughs> Sr. yes shout out to you sir and uh, thank you Paul for joining us and supporting us on Patreon uh, great game to both of you and again great game by Chase today uh, for all of us over here thank you for listening uh, for Ken Jeff, Chase, Matt Paul and myself my name is Neil and that was Triviality I like how I just glossed over the fact that I was on the right track, but was laughed out of court today by saying it could be Cro-Mag, not Cro-Magnon.
6: You weren't that close. Yeah. <laughs> That's not you what you said. You said, said Cro-Mad. Or you said cro
4: No, no, I said Cro-Mag-A-Din with a with <laughs> okay, ag You said a lot of, lot
0: of things, Neil, and you were like, Jeff, fix it. I don't know. <laughs>